You are listening to a Tor Network production. This is Rider Jump episode, what are we at, 25 now? Sounds right. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, where we're actually going to talk about a thing, if you can believe it, because this is the episode where we get to talk about Kamen Rider Reiwa the First Generation, because that movie rules. Oh god, it was so dope. Oh, uh, but before we get into that, um, introductions, because that's how we opened the show. It's been a minute, we're going a lot more uh, off the cuff, so I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono. And this is Kamen Rider Reiwa the First Generation, uh, which, again, is a movie that, uh, Sono, is it safe to say that this movie freaking rules? It is incredibly dope. Um, our, it was written by Takahashi Yuya. It was directed by Sugihara Teruaki, uh, just to get that out of the way. Love, love to see what uh, what uh, they can do where when they just when they get a budget and are just told, "Hey, go wild, man!" It was so good. It's probably my favorite of the crossovers in the last like five years. Which, like, look, that is saying some stuff because there have been some quality ones lately. Oh yeah, Final and Forever were incredible but man i just really loved first generation it well, was so good on top of everything else i it 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 highlights some stuff that i know you're all about e.g cool dads i do love me a cool dad because like look we already knew aruto's dad was pretty cool because i mean he's a cool robot dad like what's not cool about that right yeah and then he got to do cool robot dad stuff lots of cool robot dad stuff actually while also sort of like playing with the lore and answering some questions i didn't know i had bringing up some new questions so i guess before we get in uh was there anything we didn't like in this movie um there's probably some stuff the the movie a little bit has that problem of being like the plot being like oh it's reverse racism because mm, yeah. now we've like it's it's that weird thing where they try and like take the oppressed class and make them the oppressor class. Yeah. It's it's not a thing. They they do a good job with it. I think because again the Yumagir are not a direct stand-in for any one specific thing yeah. or group of people. Um they're kind of allowed to be their own thing with their own problems and the whole reason for their rebellion is framed very well and all of that. It's just, you know, that that kind of lingering thing is there. Yeah, no. But it's 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 the whole movie is written so well and says such good things that it's kind of not a problem with the movie as much as, you know, just a problem. Yeah, it's just a thing inherent to the the subject matter they're dealing with. Which, you know, like, I feel like they've at least tried to recognize it a couple times, so... Yeah, I mean, like, I think the thing that really helps it is Arto doesn't really change how he approaches the situation, whether it's Will or whether it's Guy. He's just like, but what if we could just be chill and all hang out together? And even within this, he's like, look, I get it. I get why you have reacted this way. And I don't even disagree. But what if we could be chill? <laughs> Which, you know, I appreciate. Because, um, again, like, even even beyond the, the fact that I, you know, I tend to side with marginalized groups generally in fiction. And 
you know, also reality because, um, hey, Black Lives Matter, and if you support the cops in the recent protests, uh, again, just it costs you nothing to stop listening. <laughs> and I would appreciate it if you did. Uh, but like a special, but if you put some some robots as the marginalized people, uh, yeah, I've been I've been projecting myself onto robots for as long as I can remember, and apparently, like every now and again, I've I've like heard stories of like very very small me from uh from like friends of the family, and it's like wow, even before I remember, I was like nope. I like robots. I be a robot. <laughs> that's how I see the world. Uh, but that's uh, perhaps a little too real. Uh, I mean, that's really, honestly, the only... I don't want, really want to call this other thing a problem because I'm actually really glad about it. Well, um, hey, like, it's, you know, problems and or nitpicks. Because, hey, I have, I have, no matter what your thing is, Sono, I have the dumbest nitpick to throw in. I think this is technically a structural problem of the movie, even though I personally deeply agree with the choice that they made and how they chose to make it. But it's amazing how much the Zeo parts of this movie were just incredibly unimportant and meaningless to the overall film. Yeah, I mean, in look, in fairness, like, they got the, the person who's writing uh, Zero One... Who, who didn't write a lot on Zio, as I recall, or any. And also, um, what would you do with Zio? I, I mean, just... I mean, unless you were going to bring in uh, uh, Masahiro Inoue and just be like, hey, let's do some more decade stuff, which, you know, I wouldn't be against, but that's sort of the problem when Zio is basically just extended decade fanfic. Yeah, it's it's just a thing where like we get a whole new time jacker who's got like a whole motivation based around this mysterious phrase in Waz's book and we just don't actually touch on any of that. Like we we don't explain why I don't know if Waz's book gets erased at the end because they changed the timeline. That's sort of the impression I got, but like I want like because I didn't watch the end, so I, I don't did. know if that's a thing. I did, and they, okay. they never mentioned that. At least not that I remember. Of course, I might okay, have like, just I was, really checked I was out. Kind of, like, I kind of assumed that maybe that's what happened, but now it's got this, like, mysterious phrase in it that we just, like, they wonder about it for a minute, and then are just like, well, it's fine. And you've got this new timejacker who does not get named within the film. They do have a canonical name and are apparently a canonical they. Yes. Which is great. Uh, they are it. canonically genderless. So Love agender, it. not merely non-binary. Good for them. Like, they have this great character design. And yeah, they do. they've got this whole motivation that seems to, like, want to take Kamen Rider back to its roots within Shocker and not being a hero or not like intending to have been a hero which that's pretty sick <laughs> yeah like and then we just don't we just don't it's not the plot of this movie it's completely irrelevant aside from them having a big CGI monster to fight it's so meaningless which by the way that giant like motorcycle centaur 
Satan Zero One with its big gnashing mouth. Like, we're probably going to talk it. about it again later, but dang, that is a sick design. Love it. Love giant another Ichigo. He was great. Um, but it's it's so pointless to the movie, and I'm, I love it, and I'm grateful for that decision because I put this movie off as long as I did just because I didn't want to deal with more Zeo. And I'm like, do I need to finish Zeo before I see this? And I just got to a point where I didn't care. I wanted to watch the movie because you kept saying it was so dope. Look, I mean, as you can see, I was not kidding. Yeah, no, you weren't. But I, like, technically, I guess this is a structural problem with the movie? I, yeah, no, I, yeah, I guess technically, because I've, yeah, there, there is just a whole plot that just isn't there. It's sort of like in the, the Deno-Kiva crossover movie. Yeah. You know, where Kiva just like, hey, there's that kid. What up, kid? Bye. We're gonna go... We're gonna spend the last couple minutes of this movie in 1986, and I guess Otoya is here. <laughs> Climax Deck is a great movie. I love it. Yeah, it is. It sure isn't a Kiva movie. No, it is not. It it has less Kiva content than this movie has Zio content, which, which is impressive. frankly impressive. No. Um, I just okay. My one problem. I don't even know if I'd call this structural. I think this is just a fanboy beef, but okay, we got Zio, we got Zio here, we got some time traveling happening, uh, and the the era that Finnis is from is the same era where Common Rider Kikai was supposed to have happened. Really? Yeah, twenty one twenty one, according to the uh, according to the wiki, which is the okay. same, and um. How did we not get at least a cameo from the Kikai suit? Because he's... That's fair. What's that? That's fair. Yeah, because, I mean, he's... The whole thing is, it's basically a prototype for Zero One. And for this whole evil world. Honestly, there's, a, there's an argument to be made that Kikai works best as, like, a far future sequel to the alternate timeline it, that happens when you get another Zero One. Like, there's, there's evil satellites, humanity is just almost destroyed. Yeah, wow, he's such a prototype for this movie. Yeah. Which, I mean, look, that's not, like, I ain't knocking it, because, um, again, as I said, when the Kikai episodes happened, I can't believe they made a common Rider for exactly me. <laughs> even even if, like, it was part of a cool plot idea that never went anywhere. And that was literally erased from the show. Because, again, there was that whole, so Sogo can just dream new realities into being? And, like, that's not a thing you can just drop and then not pick back up. Ow. Admittingly, again, that's the show was having a lot of identity crises over the course of its over the course of its run. So, okay, so I've I've one other problem. Okay, okay, that is Zio related. Um, you know, in the beginning, when everyone from Zio remembers who they are and gets their watches, Sukiyomi gets the Sukiyomi ride watch, and I'm like, ah, oh, sick! I'm finally gonna get to see this suit in action because I didn't. 
because I went to Japan and then I stopped watching Zio. So I have seen the suit, but I haven't seen the suit in action. And then there's a bunch of scenes where she, like, where there are, where Zio and Gates and Waz are in fights and she's just not there. She's just not present. And it takes forever in this movie for her to transform. Yeah, that does. That sucks. Because, especially since she has the best costume in that show. Yeah, no, her suit is great. I loved seeing it in action when I did finally get to see it. But there's definitely a scene where everyone's fighting and she's just kind of standing there. And I'm like, honey, please, you have a you have your ride watch. There's nothing stopping you. I mean, she did... Uh, I'm pretty sure she got to at least use her time powers a couple times, right? Yes, in yeah. that fight. Yeah, exactly. That's like, true, she, yeah. But she's just standing... And that scene, that bit was dope. Because, you know, everyone's converging on her and she just stops it and just walks away. She's like, I don't have it in me for this right now. Don't want to deal with it. <laughs> hey, I just woke up from being a whole other person. Stop. All of you, stop. It's like, I'm, I'm gonna go to Starbucks. Y'all can come get me later. Um... But Honestly, it just it that'd be a great it bothered me that there were a bunch of like Zio fights that she just wasn't in, and I'm like, why, why is she not doing the thing? She has she clearly she has the ride watch. Mm. She uses the belt later, so she's clearly got it. Does she use a belt? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, she has whatever she needs to use it. She obviously has. So I'm just like, why isn't she fighting? But I barely cared, because the Zeo stuff is so unimportant. Yeah. And I just didn't have it in me to get mad when the Zero-One stuff was so good, and I don't like Zeo anyway. Yeah. I mean, like, there were some there were some cool... I think Sogo got some good moments, and, and like... Okay, here's another, here's another nitpick problem. The kid can act. And I feel like in this movie, they write him as the intense dude who has seen the future and knows that he is the devil. He knows for a fact that his future self is the actual literal Christian devil. And he's still mulling that over and figuring out what to do with that. Cause the kid plays him like that in this movie. Like every time he smiles, it just the moment no one is looking at him. It drops like he's channeling uh, uh, Odagiri Joe from from late season Kuga. Like he's got that energy, and because the because Zio never let him do anything with the fact that he can channel that energy, he barely gets to use it in this movie. And look, that's not on that's not on Yuya. This isn't his character. They didn't give the kid enough stuff for Yuya to work with in this movie, and that sucks. It's a shame. I'm the re- like I'm disappointed so much in Zio because Zio had so much potential. All of those kids are so talented. Sogo's actor could have brought so much to that role if they'd let him have it. If they'd like given him things to bring. Because every time they gave him something to do. You're, he, that was, those were moments in the show. Again, there's there's that bit where it's, hey, you know what? If you don't think I can be trusted with the belt, 
if you think this belt is going to make me into a monster, take it, man. I don't want it. Like, that moment in, I think it was like 16 of Zeo, that was like, okay, I'm in. I get this kid. I there's, love him. There's, like, th- that moment with Gates where he's like, look, I need to do this to protect people, but if I ever stop protecting people, if you ever think I'm becoming that guy, just kill me. Just do it, man. I am depending on you for that. Yeah, every time he, every time he'd bring that energy in, and he did a few times throughout. There's, there's that one where it's, it's him and Gates on the, uh, was it the, the, on the top of the car park in the snow, and it's like, oh wow, you, oh, yeah. you guys are evoking all of this Kuga. And honestly, I never thought I'd say it, especially of this kid who doesn't know how to dress himself, but. The kid playing Sogo can bring that Kuga energy, and they never let him do anything with it. It's a tragedy. Like, that is the tragedy of Zio. Whatever whatever the other things in its deeper lore, I do not care. The fact that they let this kid who can be both this this calmly comic presence, but also this this just make you think that he is a thousand times older than he is and they just they never did it it's it's just a tragedy man like it's just such a shame that because zeo could have been so good and it's just such a shame that heisei couldn't go out on the potential that zeo had yeah instead of what it was yeah and like look we don't know who to blame for that i'm sure there are a lot of people we could point fingers at but it just end of the day it was just not it just wasn't wasn't what it just wasn't yeah it's here's here's the thing every now and again um my partner who who has who has like some similar brain stuff to me uh was like during zero one would like look at me and be like I can't believe we had two great years of Common Rider, one after the other. We had Build, then we had Zero One, and I'm just like, that's how much of a nothing Zio is. It lasted a year. We watched every episode together, and just <laughs> it just runs right through you. Just it's easy to forget that it ever happened, which I think is makes for a fun bit of extra subtext. Uh, at the start of the movie, where they, where even the characters have forgotten it happened, that is fun. Because I mean, it's it is so easy to just like, oh right, Zio, that was the thing. One man, remember when they like wrote Sento out of his own show at the start, and like somehow build us his best friend, even though, haha, no, that wouldn't happen. Anyway, that's just gonna get me fanfic, and we don't need that. We could start another podcast for that, but we aren't doing that right now. No. So let's just talk I mean, about the... I have been I have been doing a lot of fanfic and Yeah, and I'm looking forward to reading it. But uh lest we go off on another tangent there because there's a non-zero chance that's going to happen. <laughs> uh let's get into the stuff we liked cuz um again, this movie rules. Okay, let's talk about suits for a hot second cuz they were all great. Yeah, oh, the new ones you mean? Or just in general cuz I mean suits in zero one are pretty great i mean that that's fair but we we got i don't know what like prototype dad zero one is called i forget 
I've been told what it's called, but... Yeah, I want to say it's like Cyclone, or... Um... No, no, I'm wrong there. Trying to find out what it's doing. Because, yeah, his dad rules. Yeah, super dope. Yeah, that suit, the the just... Alright, it's Force Riser. Ichigata is what it's called. Ah, yeah. Ichigata, which, like, it's it's Force Riser... Ichigo, um, that suit. It rules. is. It's it's so good. I love the like red fin across the neck for the scarf, and he's like that shade of blue that original Ichigo was. That I like forget that he was sometimes because no version of Ichigo is ever that suit. Yeah, I mean they you know they use all the recolors and and from like late in the thing and yeah. Like, it just, it clicked with me immediately that he was supposed to be reminiscent of that Ichigo suit, which is not always a thing that happens for me. Um, so, like, that was just so... Yeah, it's, it's great. Oh, okay. That's where I got the Cyclone. Because he doesn't have a, a Force Riser belt. It is very similar, but it's actually called a Cyclone Riser. That's why he has yes. all the wind powers, because, of course, he's just... Robot Ichigo, which, um, dang, that suit is so good. Especially when it gets, like, the energy scarf. Yes. Oh my god, the energy scarf was incredible. I lost my mind. And just the whole thing of, hey, let's have the first, let's have Kamen Rider the first throwing down against the new blood in, in, okay, it's, it's a thing, like, I could wait on this, but I'm just going to throw it out now, where it's, just because it's his dad, there's that level of, hey, you know, you have to overcome the legacy of what's happened before you in order to make your own path. You know, very kind of, I'd, I want to say 101, but it's it's really effective. It's classic. That's it. It's not basic. It's classic. There's a difference. And even if you don't go back and know that okay this dude is a this dude's whole suit is a reference to the original common rider you get that impression but if you do know that it adds that extra level of subtext where it's like okay he's 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 coming to terms with his father and he is coming to terms with the legacy of common rider and that's just that's beautiful i love that and i think that's really cool on this level of Heisei was built upon Showa. It was taking all of these ideas of Showa and figuring out how to modernize them and figuring out what they meant in the Heisei era. And I I really like the idea of taking all of that and bringing that to Zero One and being like, you are a new era. You can't, you have to grow. Like, we've already figured all of this out. You don't need to figure this out. You need to learn from it and become something new. Yeah, this is, it's, if on the road you meet Common Rider, you must kill Common Rider. Which, um, you know, that's beautiful, man. I love it. And speaking of, I also, speaking, again, uh, bringing us back to the suits, I, I really love what I am calling Force Rising Hopper and what the movie calls Zero Zero One, which I think is a bad name and that Force Rising Hopper is a much better name. I, I 
am I am inclined to agree. Um, Force Rising Hopper is, in this household, the favorite Zero-One form. It's so good. I like that he's bulkier, and that they keep the metal parts that come with a Force Riser suit, but they're all black. So you don't even really notice what's making him bulkier until you're taking, like, a good look at the suit. And how, you know, he's he's shaped almost exactly like Ichigata, so he too is reminiscent of Ichigo, but in this way that reminds me more of buff Grandpa Ichigo. Yeah, I was I was also thinking of, of Tank Ichigo. Because he's got, like, the really bulky arms and the weird little ab plates. But it's it's such a good design. And I think that also feeds into, like, you are... What you came from is part of you, but you've got to be this new thing. Because, you know, yeah. You, you Like you said, where you come from, that's always going to be a part of you. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was just about to to uh, do the same thing back at you. And I was like, I don't need to do that, you just did. You just explained the thing. Um, I also, speaking of Ichigo, I love big motorcycle centaur CGI Ichigo. Yeah. Uh, that Phoenix turns into. That's just a dope design. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the fact that it means, like, next to nothing in the narrative, it was just really cool. It was just a really cool CGI monster, and probably the coolest CGI monster that's ever been in one of these crossover movies. Easily. Easily. Especially since, on top of everything else, it has the the upgrade form. Like, it has a form change, where it gets the grasshopper legs coming off of the motorcycle. Yeah, with the with the only good use of the Gates robot ever. Yep. Oh man, that it was, was a horror show, and I loved it. Oh man, it's just so good. And then another zero one is just another really great another rider suit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so gross. Yeah, but I love it. It it really did the thing that again they're supposed to do. The best in other rider suits are like okay, it's this but somehow twisted or inverted. And, okay, so it's got some... where Zero-One has some bug details on a Humagear base. This thing has Humagear details on a freaky bug base. That's great. He's got the right eyes and the gross mouth. He's great. I love him. Also, just some of the abilities they gave him were, were, like, foreshadowing stuff that Zero-One would later be able to do, which oh, yeah. is also in keeping with how the Another Riders work, because every time they fought them, they always had the, they always had at least one power that was from the end of the show. And he had the, the he has metal clusters, just swarm of locusts. That's so good. So much of this movie was foreshadowing, like, a lot yeah, it was. One. Like, a lot of the current part of Zero One that we're in. Mm-hmm. Which... Um, also the Zaya stuff a little bit, but um, mostly, like, the stuff that we're at right now. Yeah, which, look, that's great. If you're gonna have a movie that's dealing with time traveling, yeah, man, let's let's play with it. <laughs> yeah, and it, like, it really brings to light how much of these stories are planned ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, changes are made if sales 
don't go in the directions they plan, but I feel like Zero One generally has been. Um, I do really like that when we're at the end of the movie, um, I'm gonna skip us all the way to, like, the credit scene Wait, is it is it the one with uh, you and Fua? Yes. Yeah. Because this, this takes place right after uh, the bit where Fua was in the hospital, which is when Naki is put into his head. And and we're and like even if you don't know that it like I saw it for the first time around the time where we it was becoming very clear that yeah those two are gonna have to throw down eventually because that's when Yua is being all like quiet beside guy but also still kind of having this level of being just a vicious enforcer and so yeah we're we're getting both of them sort of talking about all right, well, how bad could this go for us? And it made me very afraid that, like, something bad was going to happen to Yua. And, like, yeah, something bad did happen to Yua, but she was okay, and that's that's good. She she gave she gave Guy her, her resignation notice. I just really love that Fu was like, I had this nightmare where I became a Yumagir, and I'm like, oh, dang. Uh-huh. That's actually just what happened. I'm sorry, you sad child. But it'll be okay. You've got a new robot best friend now. Or maybe not. Yeah, well, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Man, I just... I love Naki But so I, I loved that com- I loved that they were, like, eating at different tables and still talking. Because that's... I love that in this movie, they are exactly the same characters. Nothing has changed. Just in the alternate universe, they get, like, Mad Max outfits. Yep. Man. But otherwise are exactly the same making fun of each other, mostly you are making fun of Fua. Which, you know, that's fine. It's it's great. I loved... I loved that they were just exactly the same characters. Because well, everyone else is, like, working stuff out, trying to figure out, like, where... where the shift happened, what's going on, why someone is different, and it's just like, oh no, these two are... these two are the universal constant. Yeah, they don't... they don't have time to to be like all existential and thinking about stuff they've got a human resistance to protect it's like their their relationship is going to be the same no matter what universe you stick them in and i love it especially since like on top of everything else around the end of the movie you get to like at that time we had not seen valkyrie transform in a very long time and just watching her and fua doing their thing together like she launches off his shoulders against another zero one. Oh, it was oh. It, it gave me life god valkyrie is a work of art the bit where she like leans out of the truck to shoot yes and i'm just like god what an angel and that's like after just saying hey guys could you keep it down and then she like just pulls the pulls the jeep into a batman turn wrecks like eight people finishes the finishes a 360 and just falls out of there. Uh, okay, well, let's... Before we start just jumping around to all our favorite bits, which, like, look, that's a thing we, we have done and could do, and look, there's a lot of great stuff in here. Honestly, like, I have, like, most of my favorite bits just at the beginning, but, um... I do love some, some very early bits. Uh, one more general thing, though. I love Jin and Hirobi's character designs in this movie. Especially Hirobi, because I know what I like. 
No, that's fair. I just but I they just had really great looks in this movie, and I remember kind of seeing them. Someone had kind of come and talked to me about it way before this movie was like out and subbed, which please don't do. Yeah, that's please not very. That. That's not very nice. But you know, we didn't really know the context of the movie at the time, so like, hey, in the past, like Jin and Hirobi had these designs. I wonder what that means. Um, so I'd kind of seen them, and I really didn't understand what they meant, but I just, I love, like, Enforcer Hirobi. Yeah, dude. That, it's it's such a cool look yeah, for him. He's still got those big old pants, but up top, he's, he's a lot more business. Yeah, like, Jin is almost the same character design that he has now, just he has a hat. Yeah. Well, he has, he, he's almost the same, but he is that, that more immature, because that's why it's... He, he's not trying to be so aggressively individualistic and punk rock and just awesome. Yeah, because it was, it was early, it was still early Jim, yeah, personality-wise. because exactly, he hasn't, which honestly is so weird to look back on. Yeah. The kid who plays really Jin is. is amazing. <laughs> he is very talented. Because he, he pulls off this, this wide-eyed, like, hey, what's up? I'm a destructive little kid with a gun. And at the same time, he also really pulls off just current era Jin, who is enigmatic and serious and still kind of naive, but he could go either way. Honestly, I just realized Jin is, I think, what I wanted Zio to be like. Like, current Jin is what I would have wanted for him, because I really wanted Zio to have that feeling of, oh, he could go either way. Yeah. Which he did very early on. Yes. Like, because very early on he was like I'm gonna I'm gonna be this king and I'm gonna make this great world for people but then he would like say things yeah hey hands off my really subjects unsettling. it's like oh okay okay you are kind of messed up buddy cool yeah he would say just really unsettling things where it just felt like everything was to hit like he saw everything as just a Barbie doll house that he was playing in and I'm like, yo, kid, that's wild. <laughs> you need to maybe, like, reevaluate. And then they just never really went anywhere with it. Which, you know, that's... Again, the tragedy. Yeah, that is the tragedy of, of Zio. <sighs> anyway. But yeah, those are those are good designs. Honestly, yeah. just the costuming in general in Zero One is top-notch. It really is. Like, even the suits that I'm not super into, I still think are really good. Yeah, and they- Like, Shooting Wolf, I- Shooting Wolf, I still have, like, my reservations about. Mm. But it's still, like, it's not a bad suit by any means. Within the past, like, five years, we've had a lot of things that are worse. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, we talked about, we ranked all the suits. <laughs> but, I mean, it's- it's base suit, I'm still, yeah, I'm right with you about, like, hmm. But boy, it it, uh, it upgrades real nice. Yeah, it does. And I gotta say, though, like, while I hope that Valkyrie eventually gets an upgrade or two, at least the Valkyrie base suit is pretty good. Yeah, and she did get a form change, which, again, is more than a lot of third riders get. It's true. And man, it was a really good story form change. Oh, wait, no, okay, yeah, she also had the... The, the lightning hornet. The, the bee. Right. Yeah. Um, I would love to see them, like, 
give her Jackal as a form change because Jackal was so great and I'd love to see how that would translate. Oh yeah. But like she she needs, you know, that that's going to be another story beat for her, which look or I'm even four. now that or even just as a separate rider suit, I would love to see her get the slash riser that Jin has, get one of those because it is a knife wet. It is a knife suit. That's true. And then we could just have her like switch which one she does because she's an engineer. Like she doesn't have a dream. She has principles or scruples or whatever you know, whatever your favorite translation of the line was. She believes in something, even if she's not working towards a specific end. Yeah. Alright, so let's let's just kind of get into the the chronological bit of this movie admittingly chrono the chronology is a little wonky because you know time travel yeah i don't know if i have my notes totally in chronological order but uh, uh well then we'll just you know we'll get it generally because that's how we do you know we're, we're not More or less. sticklers i just wanted to say like i love the opening of the zeo kids just being quote unquote normal students and then not realizing hey something's up here until they do I, I love that whole bit. I was super surprised and also thrilled uh, that the teacher was Nagahama Shin, who played Akira in Tokyuger, and he got to do the little six. Like, that was super cute. So no. Um, I... I'd actually, like, seen him tweet with the Yumagir headphones on, and I'm like, why is he doing this? Look, all I gotta say is... There were so many times I wanted to get you to watch the movie just so you would see that thing. But also, I knew that if I told you it was there, it would ruin the surprise, and that would that would have taken something from you. That would have robbed you of something precious. So The surprise, I loved, see, I loved the surprise. I loved the camera cutting to the teacher, and it's just him doing the pose, and I'm like, oh no, it's my boy. Yep, but he's... He's just complete inversion. He's he's evil mirror universe Akira. He's still got a monster on the inside, but the monster's a robot this time. And it's on the outside. It's just, but he's still taking care of kids. Is the thing. Yeah, loves loves his loves his kids. Is gonna you know defend them and take care of them. Uh, but this time in an antagonist kind of way. Yeah, look, this time you're the monster. <laughs> Whoops. Also, that whole scene of, like, the entire classroom, like, accusingly pointing and shouting human at the three of them was horrifying. Yeah, no. Like, this is an actual horror movie scene. Yeah. Well, I have, I won't lie, I've had nightmares that are very similar to that. Not, not exactly, but, uh, but, yeah, then we, honestly, just that whole, the whole running is just so good. Yeah, the the action direct the direction and the action in this movie were incredible. There was some really beautiful cinematography all around. And then just Waz coming in. Hey guys, what's up? Scarf. Also, it's like oh, I gotta I gotta do my Waz stuff. Also, I just realized. Okay, if the Zio crew doesn't remember they're the Zio crew, then does that basically make Waz into their Akira? Kind of. Just you know, a lot poutier. I mean, like, they still knew at the end of Tokyo. I don't think they forget. No, that's true, they don't. Uh, in the ten years later, they they think that their imaginations have died out, so they don't see Akira. 
but he's always there yeah. looking out for them because you know they they made a pinky swear they pinky swore that they would always be friends and always be together and uh if you think akira goes back on a pinky swear you don't know akira Nichi no akira does not forget a pinky swear i i just i choose to believe that when wagon got promoted she just got him a cat and he just has a cat in his train now oh definitely but yeah um just just sort of okay from there i think the next point i want to hit is one admittingly we already did but um another zero one owns yeah it's and just dope. watch it they're like hey mamru what's up it's me the president you're not the president and then you meet the president and i love president will so much I, I adore the bit at the beginning where Aruto is just, like, wandering through Yumagira society because he's late for work, and you see him, like, run into the building. He's like, hi, everyone, it's cool, I'm here. And if, and all of the Yumagira are just like, what the actual heck does he think he's doing? Yeah, you're the, you're the grandson of the guy of the sicko who made us. Oh, hell no. I also really appreciate the, the uh, kind of Shaun of the Dead feeling of the opening because Shaun of the Dead opens where our, our protagonist has no idea that there's a zombie apocalypse going on all around him and I just I love Aruto just like oh I'm late I'm late I'm late huh so when did we start making little kid human gears whatever I'm late <laughs> just missing all the things also this is the first time we got to see his apartment yeah that was really exciting, and also it was exactly what I imagined. Yeah, it's just, it's tiny, it's messy, and just everything around there, it clashes, but in the perfect way, because again, the design department on this show rules! It was, it was, it was so good. The humor in this movie was really on point. There was just a lot of, like, weird little moments that I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? I think so. But it was this really understated, like, dry humor. Well, it's it's because, like, honestly, on top of everything else, while I can understand if people complain that, that like, Aruto's a little too goofy, the tone balance in this movie was pitch perfect. Because yes. every time you have Aruto doing his screaming over-the-top reactions, there's it's because that's... You know, that's his character, but everyone else around him, they're not even, like, disgusted at him. They're just too busy reacting their way. So, like, okay, he's he's freaking out because why is this other, why is this Humagir the president? I'm the president. Oh no, he's taking my power and also he's this another zero one? I don't know what that's about, but... <laughs> and now he's wrecking I don't know what me. that is, but, uh... Whoops. <laughs> yeah. But I just, okay, that's actually maybe something I should have put in the problems and nitpicks. What is that weird stiff metal necklace triangle thing around? I, I don't know. It's really goofy and really distracting. Yeah. I, but I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to question robot fashion. Yeah, true. Because something tells me a robot fashion designer would not take very well to us questioning their, their designs. Um, so I've got two things regarding Will. One, I think, kind of jumps us ahead a little bit, but I love that Aruto's grandpa created, in this order, Will, was, and then is. I love that, and I love that sequence, 
because Will is his well-intentioned but slightly misguided hope for the future, which he just didn't quite think hard enough about, was, was, is this means of kind of examining everything he did? Because I think, I feel like the movie implies that Will was like an actual thing and not a product of the timeline. I, you are, that's the impression I got. Like, I think everything up to the satellite launching, like, actually happened. I, I am, I concur. That's, that's the implication that I got. So I, I feel like, you know, there was just a point at which he deactivated Will and created Was in order to kind of answer the questions for himself that Will posed. And then he made Is. And Izu is symbolic of the only phase of time that we can genuinely affect. You can't change the past, and while you can kind of guide the future... You only have an active hand in the present, and the present is the time to be doing things. Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift, that's why it's called the present. Love it. Love Kung Fu Panda. Yep. Um, but I just, I thought specifically that sequence was, because I, I knew his name was Will, and I don't know why he kept coming up in Google image searches that I would do relating to zero one frustrating um so i knew he was in this movie i didn't know who he was <clears throat> i had so i had no real context for him i just knew there was a yumagir dude named will and it didn't quite click for me that it wasn't will as in william it was will as in like we will yep um but then once i knew who he was in the movie i'm like oh i get it yep i get it and it's great and i love it and Okay, you you brought up the there was uh, that uh, he he existed rather was happened so that Grandpa Hidan could examine the questions Will brought up, and I love that they had him bring up an amazing question. Yes, I that was actually my second thing. Okay, because because there um, there is that bit where it's like, hey, um, then. You're talking about pay. What's a Humagear's labor worth? And I'm just, I'm over here, like, leaning back. Yeah, Grandpa. What is a Humagear's labor worth? And he, and he dodges the question with that, Oh, hey, haha, I sure made you clever, Will. And I'm just like, no, answer the question, Granddad. And it's, I love that he very clearly had not asked himself that yeah, question. Like, the guy playing like, Grandpa, he dead. He's... He like he goes he reacts like oh yeah that's a good question oh. but I can't like in front of my in front of my my dudes here I can't like we can't get into this I'm busy right now and I'm just like oh you hadn't and like that's that's kind of where I realize I'm like oh this is your this is your misguided like your well intentioned but misguided hope for the future. Because you only thought of step one, and you did not think of steps like two, three, and four. Yeah, because... And it's, like, you, you solved the problem by creating the problem for someone else. Yep. Like, he, look, he did the thing. He made an artificial intelligence, a, a mechanical, constructed-by-human-hands intelligence. And then he forgot to do the thing where... Okay, I made a person. 
I have to treat them like a person instead of a thing. And that's just... And it's, I, I think he was, you know, he was gonna get there on his own, but Will got there before he did, and he wasn't ready. And, you know, therein lies where the conflict comes from, because it looked like he didn't care. Even if, you know, we know, because we have seen his reactions to Waz and Izu, that he did care, he just needed time to answer those questions. Yep, he just, he need yeah, because he spent all that time asking if he could, he forgot to ask if he should, or if he was ready for it. And, yeah, I, I on top of everything else, I just like that the, sh- that the movie is like, yeah, Grandpa was cool and he was brilliant, he wasn't perfect. Yeah, and I think, you know, we talked a lot about legacy, the legacy of family and the legacy of Common Rider, and I love that scene specifically as another big step, not only in that narrative for the movie, but in Zero One's overall narrative of every generation being at least one step better than the generations before. Because Aruto never needed to ask himself that question. Aruto started at yes, you are a person, and I will compensate your labor. Because, uh, Aruto's great. He's a, he's a good kid. But yeah, the grandpa just, grandpa just wasn't ready yet. And, like, that's not to say that, you know, uh, and therefore we should be conservative and make only gradual changes to the social order, because, haha, no. But, no, it's we understand he just, he where he's coming to get from. There. He's, he's trying he just hadn't thought of it from that perspective. And there's no shame in when you can admit, as as I feel like implicitly he's done, that you hadn't done all the thinking because, you know, you're human and you have just this one small perspective. And there's so much world out there. I'm sorry. It, I just... it was just such a great scene. Yeah. It was a great scene for all of these reasons. And I, I mean, I, it, it makes Will such a good villain. Yeah. Because as this was unfolding, I'm like, okay, why? I understand, like, did did the arc get him? Is he, like, caught up in this arc plot? How, like, what's, what happens? And then this scene happens, and I'm like, oh, no, his dad just kicked him in the face, as far as he's concerned. He kicked him what in the face mood. in front of everyone. Like, it's n- Yeah, like, what a mood. Yeah. That's not relatable to my current life situation at all. That's just like I'm very sorry to hear that, Sono. That sucks. Like it's it's just like oh, yeah, no wonder you're mad. Of course you're mad. Yeah, cuz uh, again, it just well, okay. Well, you're talking about all the money you're saving. Where's my money? I I'm alive. I need to live. Honestly, like he's probably got a better use for money than most people, because I don't know what it costs to keep all his, uh, his, like, joints and internals repaired, because unlike a human, them robot bits, like, no matter how much lubricant and stuff you put in the joints, that just, it, that's grinding down. That's why you have to change your oil, because all those bits are just grinding down, and then the, the lubrication is filled with just all these metal filings. That's just... He needs, he's going to need to replace things, not just, he can't heal them because he's not a human. So, sorry, I just, the, both the thematic and the science fiction sides 
of zero one, they just hit my everything so good. <laughs> I hope I'm not just being a, a terrible no, it's, nerd it's, here. No, so no, I I love this. It's this movie is dope. Yeah, and I feel like those are things they thought about. Yeah, it, and that's what makes me happiest. Because look, we've pointed out in in the proper show. Where we're like, hmm, I'm not sure you thought about this as deep as you thought you did. While at the same time, like, hey, at least they thought about it. Yeah, it's there. There are limits to working in an eight to twelve year old demographic action show mm. on TV that's produced weekly. Um, so I cut Zero One a lot of slack uh, because they think basically as deep into something as time will allow yeah. before they have to move on. Yeah, which. Yeah, would we look? Am I am I going to pretend like I don't want a version of Zero One? Except we can spend whole episodes discussing uh, the morals of labor policy, or I don't know, uh, just what it is to be marginalized, and the fact that marginalization is not inherent and must be constructed from the outside, which is one of the many reasons why Guy is such a great villain even though i just want to curb stomp him every time i see his smug face man that that last shot where they reveal i guess i'm assuming that was the original thouser i think so yeah where you know they're they're sending uh zaya up and you just see him in thouser and i'm like oh there he is yep (laughs) the darkness yep the specter of capitalism watching over our dreams and how to monetize and corrupt them. Yep. Hey, Izu, I'm beginning to suspect the villain, the real villain, is capitalism. What up? It's me, capitalism! Uh, we will put another link to that comic, because it is yes, always... I will... I will... I will dig it back. I know who the artist is on that, so I can dig it back to its source. Oh, good, because we've linked to it in in show notes before, but it's always appropriate. Yeah, I will. I I don't know if we've linked it back quite to the artist's blog. I don't know. We how, have done how hard we've but dug. You know what? Okay. We'll do so again because that's of course yeah. because we we credit artists here yep. on on uh, the Toe Network. Okay, so I've, I've only got, like, one other note, so I'm just going to be kind of playing off of you for a while. All right. Uh, well, then, I'm just going to kind of go on into into the next thing, because we got uh, Yua and Fua. God. When they, they oh, grab, God. when they grab Aruto, and they're just hauling butt in the in the Jeep, shooting at all of, shooting at all of those human gears while they're doing some straight-up Terminator 2 references. Because that bit where the, the Humagear, where the Magear, rather, is, like, hanging off the back of the Jeep. Oh, yeah. Straight out of Terminator 2. And you know what? How could you not? I honestly feel it would be nerd malfeasance. Oh, yeah. I, I also really love that, you know, they're in the middle of saving Aruto, and Fu is like, hey, I hate you for, like, making these robots. <laughs> yeah, just FYI, I'm gonna save you, because you're a human, and we gotta look out for our own, but... Hey man, you suck so bad. Your family made these robots and I hate you for it. And you was just I just love you being like, hey kids, shut up, mom is driving. By the way, keep your head down. Then there's that bit where she does the just the sick like 
360 spin out in the Jeep and just like brap, 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 and just shoots all the human gear. That killed me. That was so incredible. Um, I am madly in love with Yua, and that did not, uh, that only made matters worse. Honestly, as again, this was, like, when I first saw it, this was during the bit where Yua just kind of wasn't doing things, and this was just sweet, sweet candy for me. Because <laughs> it's like, ah, there she is. She's being just the angel of death. Which, um, yeah, I love it. Uh, and that takes us into uh, the rebel base. I love the rebel base. And and mostly, I just want to say how much I love Izu. Because, like... My baby. There's... Okay, there was this this thing that was was tossed around back during Guy, and it's this this one phrase that has been just like a splinter in my head and making me mad this whole time. Uh, it's bearing the sin, where we're like Takatora in Guy, and like okay, he's he's gonna like he's gonna kill ninety percent of the human beings on Earth, but he's gonna tr- but it's the only way he can save the ten percent. It's like oh okay. And, and, like, there was a lot of talk about that, and someone had dropped the line that he's bearing the sin, and it's like, no. I mean, yeah, sure, he's living with it, but he's not bearing the crime. Okay, that was, that was literally, like, the snapping point in Gaim for me, and I know we've discussed this, because that, that whole arc for Takatora almost got me. It almost sold me on the whole show. I was almost in, because if I can get one character I like, I can endure a lot. You saw it with Drive, and you saw it with Zeo. Oh yeah, I've been there. I can I can endure a lot if I like one guy. And they almost had me, because that is... I don't know if this is as direct as him like lifting Ryuki for Madoka, which he's outright admitted to. So I don't feel bad well, at saying. At least he's that. honest. Um, his, his words were like, "Ryuki's a masterpiece. Why would I not steal from it?" Look, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. Like I don't know if this is as direct of a lift, uh, because I have no proof, so I can't say. But it is exactly the storyline of a character in the second half of Gurren Lagann. It is exactly word for word. The storyline he has to, he is going to say. It's also uh, the plotline of Promare, which is also by Studio Trigger, uh, who are the same who came from Gainax, which is they are the people that made Gurren Lagann with Gainax and then left to become Trigger. Um, so if this also sounds familiar, it's also from that. Except uh, in Promare, the dude is just evil. But one of the main characters in Gurren Lagann, Rossiu, in the second half, the the moon is gonna fall into the earth. That is, the world is literally going to end, which is the same thing that's gonna happen in Gaim, essentially. And he's gotta put, like, 10% of the population on a spaceship to move them off the planet, and he, like, he only has enough time to make something that can move 10% of the planet. Like, 10% of the population, so a whole bunch of people are just going to be left to die. And, you know, we we see him, like, so they got me. I'm like, this is going to be Rossiu. And I loved Rossiu, because Rossiu was visibly remorseful to the point that, um, 
he attempted to take his own life over it before it happened, so he was not going to be one of those people that were saved. Which, like, honestly, that's a thing I could get behind. Because, like, um, yeah. It's, if, um, I don't know, I, I assume you haven't seen Gurren You You assume correctly. Um, I don't know if you've seen and absorbed by osmosis, uh, one character, like, ripping through time and space to punch another one in the face. No, but that, that rules. Um, that is the response to him nearly taking his own life because of his guilt and remorse over what he has to do is another character ripping through time and space to punch him in the face and be like, no, just take responsibility and save everyone. Which, yeah, that's the It's It's great. Proper showman. Gurren Lagann, one of my favorite series ever. I love it dearly. Um, Ross, you got so much hate back in the day uh, for this arc because I don't think people quite got how remorseful he was. Hmm. It's even better in the movie where instead of the main character punching him in the face, uh, his pregnant girlfriend punches him in the face and that is like, better. buddy. Um, I I love it, but everyone watch Gurren Logan, please. It's so good. But I thought with Takatora, I'm like, oh, it's that. It, this is a storyline that I don't get to see very often. I really love the way they're handling it with Takatora. Like, I'm I'm starting to see that remorse as he's coming to grips with how many people are gonna die. And then he's talking to Kota about it. And he, like, takes him into Helheim. And they have this whole conversation. And I'm like, I'm getting more and more invested. I'm getting deeper and deeper into this hole. And they walk out of Helheim. And he sh- he's like, oh, by the way. And shows him this footage. And he's like, remember that that first one of these that you killed, that was your friend that you've been looking for for the past six months. You murdered him. Bye. Yeah, that... Mm. Like, we're, we, we all do bad things, and we all have to live with it. Bye. And I'm like, nope. Nope, that's it. I'm done. You did that just to be me. Yeah. You did that just to punch this kid in the guts. There was no need for it. Even if you had just told him and been like, hey, I know this thing, I found out that this was the dude you're looking for, I want to give you closure, but it was an accident. You didn't know who this was. You were trying to, you know, protect your own life, and he was already too far gone to save, and you didn't know it was a person. You did the only thing you could have, dude. And and now... And even if he wanted to connect it to his own thing, you, he could have gone to. Yeah. Now you understand why I have to do what I have to do, because this is go- that's going to happen to everyone. Yeah, it's just, you did the only thing you could do, and I'm doing the only thing I could do. But it's not. It's not how it is at all, and I'm just like, no, that's it, I'm done. I quit. That's when I stopped watching, because that was all I could do. No, that's fair. But, but to sort of take us back to, to Zero One, I bring that up because just that phrase, bearing the sin or, or taking responsibility or whatever, it doesn't necessarily look like what Takatora got up to. It does look like what Izu's doing. Because, like, Izu, this ain't even her fault. She's just... No. But she's the, she's the one Humagear who can help these people and they don't like her. 
because she's one of them. And, like, there's that kid who pushes her over, and, and like, Aruto's just like, hey, what the hell? And she's just like, hey, man, no, it's cool. And she just gets back up and continues about her way. Because she understands that it's not about whether or not everyone likes her, or hates her, or whatever. It's about doing the right thing. And that's what she's about. It's about taking, it's about doing what she can to take care of people who need to be taken care of. And they, like, they don't like her because she's a robot. And she's just like, yeah, okay, fine. I'm still gonna help. I do love that it it pays off where at the end, like, all of them see that she's okay and just run in and swarm her and are like, oh my god, Izu, you did it, you're okay, we're so glad to see you. I thought that was really sweet. It was. And- Not that, like, you need or even deserve validation for doing the right thing, but just, you know, that- just Izu was so generally powerless in this situation where she was essentially as much of a victim because she chose to do the right thing. And then there was that bit where they're just like, hey, traitor, come with us and we'll let them live today. And she does it. She's just like, yeah, in a heartbeat, I'll go. And it's it was just nice to see as she comes back, they're like, yeah, you're one of us. It's not about human or non-human. It's about those of us that have a dream for a better world. Yep, and that's that's our girl Izu. Yeah. Speaking of our girls. Yes. Um, my favorite, absolute favorite moment in the film, hands down, no contest, I absolutely lost my mind, is when they're at, like, the big press conference where they're gonna, like, execute Izu. Yes. And... Shesta is just completely done. There's just a moment where she's like, yo, hey everybody, corporate takeover. Who here feels like having a dream? Yep. Raise your hand. Cause I'm done. Yeah, it's it's in my in my notes. Shesta. Exclamation point. Working for good inside her system, our corporate angel. I, again, I... There she is. I don't know where it turned around from wanting her to be the secret extra villain, extra member of Metsubo Jinrai to just, oh no, she's she's a vicious... She's just another vicious secretary, but she's still a good person. That's just nice. I think it was just that moment where we hit, like, all the Yuma Gears have been shut down, guys taken over... And she's just nowhere. And I'm just like, oh no. Oh no, she doesn't have anywhere to run. And then, like, and then it's also that, like, okay, they booted her back into a new body, and she's like, look, you don't need me right now. Even even the, the festival dancer guy might be a little more helpful. Because she's, she's about what needs to get did. I just want to believe that on some level she's like, look, even being shut down for six months is the closest to a vacation I've ever gotten. Please. Look, you've let met those me guys. You've met the vice president. No, I'm good. Thanks. Look, there's needy, and then there's the vice president. I swear the man can't tie his shoes without me. No, he is. He is absolutely hopeless. I would love if eventually, like, 
Izu was the vice president of heat and manufacturing, and they reactivated Chessa, and she's like, look, I told you, I'm not a president's secretary. And Izu's just like, but you are a vice president's secretary. And Chessa's like quickly looking over the like employee manifest and it's just like oh no 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 turn me back oh, off no. turn me back off and then there's just a lot of beeping between the two of them that you know is swearing yep honestly like if they could just do a bit where like look normally i hate the digital effects where they like add the the big fake blush but if they could add the big fake blush on easy and she's just like how dare you you can't talk to me that way beep 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 beep, beep, beep. <laughs> language that was my absolute favorite moment of the movie where like you just see shesta off to the side at the podium and she's like you know what i've had enough okay guys and i mean like i do and i i kind of like that they just lost by a narrow margin because it made the point it got the point across but it let us kind of have the proper rider ending of a movie um and I do like the the bit where he's like, oh, we're not gonna acknowledge this, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Sorio stands up and it's just like, acknowledge this. Yep. What up? I'm the majority shareholder. But before we do anything, I gotta have a fight with uh, my boy. I gotta, I gotta teach my boy about growing up. But just that bit of Shesta just ended me. Our corporate angel descended from heaven. And it was, it was perfect. I loved it. Mm -hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of things that are perfect and that I loved, uh, the entire invasion scene at the Rebel base. Oh, God, yeah. Because, um, okay, two observations. One, Sniper Yua, y'all. God, I am very non-heterosexual. <laughs> that is what this show keeps reminding me. Look, all me. I can say is there are probably a lot of girls... Who are just like, oh, oh yeah. Between Yua and Sayo, like a lot, a lot of girls are having some awakenings. Yep. But uh, and the other thing, okay, this is a sillier thing, but in the one of the the soldiers is I forget his name, the the chubby dude from the Matchmaker episode. Look, I can say that I am a gentleman of carriage myself. But like the schlubby guy that we were always kind of like, is he really right for her? What? Uh, that same actor, and in my head, the same character, is one of the rebels with a machine gun fighting against the swarm of Huba Gears. Yes. That was so... That was really fun. I did, uh... I did notice him also. Yeah, and honestly, it, it just retroactively made me like him a lot more in the matchmaking thing, because it's like, okay, actually, we did see him try and throw down we know he's brave, and he's got principles. Alright. Like, I don't know how different he is in that whole extra universe, but, uh... It's nice knowing he's got he's got more in there, you know? See, after that, like, yeah, then here comes here comes Will. He's being awesome. Seriously, I love uh, the Another Zero One suit, and honestly, again, I just think Will is just one of my favorite antagonists in a while. He's so good. Because it, he makes so much more sense than so many antagonists. Because a lot of them, especially in these movies, just show up and are like, I'm the bad guy. I have come from nowhere. I'm gonna be evil now. 
I mean, where he's so neatly woven into the narrative. Yeah, because like we c- he could come back in the show later on, and he. I almost hope he does me too. Because like either way, it's it's he's such a perfect thematic element for the series, and I just I want him to be back because he is so perfect. He's he's the guy who's like, no, sorry. I've seen what even the most well-meaning of these people are like. Well, yeah, but Arjo's trying to save us. He's the only guy working on our side. Yeah, that's great, but uh, he's still a human. But he's trying. his dream is the world where we can live together in peace. That's a nice dream. How far has he thought about it? Like, that'd be a great... Uh, like, that'd be a great way to have a Forza ending, honestly, for, for Zero One. Because I kind of want it to, because it's been a while since we had... A satisfying ending where they, it doesn't—it wasn't just another CGI punch-up. Yeah. Because, like, look, we've had—you know—there have been some decent ones, but Forza is still the one that that just wrecks me. Or if you're gonna, basically, I want them to either do a Forza or find a way to do a new take on Kuga. Like, I, which I think they could do with the way the arc is. Same. Same. I just especially now that we've seen like the arc take a common rider form. Mm-hmm. I, I think we might be leaning toward Kuga, but I mean, like, I can't listen to that orchestral version of Switch On without coming right back to the letter scene and the graduation. Oh, yeah. I mean... Like, it it's every single time, I just... It kills me. Mm-hmm. You, like, you start tearing up, because it's, um, beautiful. That's, honestly, again, like, that's a thing so many Common Rider endings have been lacking lately, like... But thankfully, Build got there in in kind of its really weird, kludgy way. But just a lot of the poetry and beauty doesn't doesn't pop quite as much. Honestly, I'd take a Deno ending. Like I say, take one, but like just all right, guys. We're we just gotta wait for the right time to let them know we're okay. Oh, oh, guys, I think we missed it. <laughs> what? Why are we kneeling? Hey. You, Vassal, come over here! Wait, no, get down, get down! Like, it's so good. Anyway, anyway, back to this thing. Um, like, there, there are so many good bits, I'm just trying to remember all of them, because I only, I only took notes, but, um, just kind of the middle of it is kind of mushy, I admit. Like, it, it all builds, but it's, that's like when Finnis comes in, and, and they're being cool. Yeah, they... They kind of try and do a little more Zeo stuff with the, you know, the back and forth with the time travel. Yeah. Um, I do actually really like that last scene of Sogo and Aruto, where Sogo's like, hey, if this is really gonna go back to normal, he can't remember this. And Aruto's like, make me. Yeah. Oh, again, we know who won, but they didn't have to show it. Because Zio might be someone's favorite, and you know, God bless him if they if he is. But uh, I mean, look, I I hope he is. I honestly he should be someone's favorite. Hope he is, because that means that the year meant something. And it's you know I say this about Gaim. I'm glad that even though I have so much moral opposition to Gaim, I'm glad a lot of people really liked it. I'm glad they took things from it. I'm glad they took good things from it because that means the year meant something. Yes. It wasn't a waste. Yeah. Because look, 
that that would be the only real waste if the only thing anyone got was just a bunch of edgy nonsense. That would that would be a shame. But um, speaking of, there's there is a bit in the in like the middle where Aruto's reflecting on like the last conversation he had with his dad in the Prime Universe, and just him and Sogo are just talking, and again, just Sogo the kid playing Sogo brings it just it's such a good moment and it doesn't last very long but it just it made me like sogo as a character it gave me a framework in which he could work which is more than like any of the zio stuff did well because okay around this time we over here we decided we'd also try out the Overquartzer movie and sadly we watched Overquartzer after this which, whoo, that was a, <laughs> that was a bad move. Because, okay, this one, a, a thing I want to, you know, I, I mentioned, like, Rewa First Generation has the tonal balance. It knows how to be serious, but also lighten it with, okay, here's Aruto, he's acting silly. Overquartzer is just silly. It's just goofy. And sure, that's, that maybe that's fun for people, that, that, like, hey, here's a guy pretending to be Oda Nobunaga, but he's, like, actually a coward and sucks. And that's because he's, like, trying to, to get with this Dutch-speaking girl, and, like, uh, uh, sucks. It's just, it's trying to be funny, and it's failing because it doesn't take anything seriously. And we didn't get very far. Uh, I mean, I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen, it seen it yet. Don't but... bother, you know? <laughs> Again, hey. Look, I haven't I haven't watched the last five episodes of Zio. Yeah. Yet. Dear listener, I'm sorry if Zio's your show. It it wasn't it for us. It didn't work for us. We tried. We tried. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of hopes. We gave it, we gave it its fairest shot. shot. Give it more it was, than that. But it was not for yeah. us. Um let's see. Uh what else? Because, like I we basically just gone through like, hey, at this point I'm just like, hey, that fight oh no, the thing I want to get in on is that uh, Soreo made the writer system because he knew that eventually there was going to be a fight. He, like, it's very clear he understood that at some point someone was going to try and make it a zero-sum game where it's not enough that one of us is on top, the other people have to be gone. And Kamen Rider exists to stand in the middle of that. Just like not because Common Rider's a centrist, or because Common Rider, you know, thinks there's good on both sides, is because no, you will not murder each other while I'm here because human life, or in this case, uh, artificial life, uh, constructed life, mechanical life, whatever we want to call it, just life is important. People getting to be people is what's important, and I just I love that. That's it's a weird. I didn't expect to see that. I was like, oh, wait, is, is did Zaya make the writers? Who, why do we have writers? Yeah, it's, it's a thing uh, that a friend of mine and I have discussed for a while, is that we wonder if Jin was not actually part of Daybreak era Metsubo Jinrai, and Soreo was. Oh, uh, because, you know, Hirobi says that he built Jin, he made him, um, which seems to imply 
that happened after daybreak. Yeah. And there were four of them at daybreak. And the what what did and didn't actually happen uh, prior to the timeline change in this movie is somewhat unclear, but it is possible that Sorio started planning for this before daybreak, and that, you know, he knew that it was going to be a zero-sum game, and he wanted to protect this ideal of being able to live with his son in this kind of, this universe where all of us can live together, um, and it just, you know, things got kind of messed up. Seriously, just all those flashes back where he's like, no, I want to live in a world where I can smile genuinely at my son. Like, man, the way they kept coming back to that just rocked my face, dude. Yeah. And, man, like, the fact that we have that and then Izu gets to actually smile at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, aw, you, you did it. Not for you, but for her. Hey, you know, Soreo is, he's, he's work, he's doing what we all have to do and hopefully make things better for the next generation, right? That's, I mean, that's the point, ain't it? Yep. You, you plant the, you plant the tree that you'll never sit under. That's, that's the hope. Man, Kamen Rider's good. Yeah. Sorry, just getting all, like, emotional about how the, the heart of this movie is actually just so good. It's such a good movie. Yeah. It's, I'm I'm so glad that we've had, like, three really incredible movie wars, which is not the term anymore, but it's what I'm going to keep calling them, uh, in a row. And all, like, approaching these same, not even the same, but approaching Kamen Rider from these really interesting perspectives. Because I, I still love that, uh, I think it was, I think it was Forever? was the one where they went all metafiction where they're just talking about hey yes. what is whichever one it was the one that that zeo that's forever okay that is forever but it's hey yeah sure it's all fake but that doesn't mean it's not real or it's all fake but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter cuz i just that was so beautiful and then this one is well what are we going to take into the next thing and all that after after final which is hey let's let's take our people our favorite guys and and just give them a last hurrah and man what a last hurrah too yeah. still can't believe it i mean like i can believe i'm so happy that like yeah let's bring back let's bring back Ankh and ag just for a second just so we can twist the knife that much more just one, one more time yep. hey hey i bet you missed this feeling but yeah, I just, I mean, I think that's really all of the the notes. Oh, oh, one last note actually, um, is is the bit at the end where they finally launch satellite Zaya and sort of like get the timeline close enough to the original so that it can just sort of shift back into being the right one, and we see the VP and the manager just like getting a moment where they get to be heroes. Because they helped Granddad, he then, achieve his dream. I really loved them in this movie. Because th this whole movie was really about... They were very different in this movie than they are in the show. They were very much about Kuronosuke's dream. And I guess maybe it's just long enough before he died that 
the vice president wasn't thinking about his promotion. So he was still kind of invested in the company dream. Or, you know, like, I feel like there's a, it, for me, it sort of gave me a retroactive look where it's like, he's not worried about his promotion. He's worried that this kid is going to wreck the dream of a great man. And that's why he's so aggro on him. And I don't know if that's intentional, but it's, I mean, I hope it is because it's it's a much better take on his character, and it it made me really. I mean, like I've become kind of fond of him over the second half of the show, um, as he's kind of been allowed to grow past just being angry about Arto, and this this just really added to it. Also, from that part, Arto grieving over his father, yeah, was gut wrenching. Yeah, again, that kid, is, like. I understand why they, they have him be the haha man, because if he wasn't Mr. Comedic, this show would be... I mean, it would have the build problem where they'd have to just do whole episodes of just goofy nonsense to balance it out tonally. So, you know, I'm glad he's kind of a doof, but it's really great when he gets to be... When he gets to, like, do capital A acting! Like, it was... I don't I don't think this was ever a thing that was ever like explicitly stated in the movie, but there's parts where it feels like he's kind of weighing the selfless choice over the selfish choice of fixing the timeline. Cause he's like, This timeline is horrible, but I get my dad. I get to have my dad I also got that impression. Cause Yeah, like, okay, so my dad is being like enigmatic like jerk dad but i mean he's there he's there and he's a cool superhero and i can help him oh speaking of soreo there is that bit when the the humigears are rampaging and like zio and and his crew are like just shooting down all of these humigears and soreo in in his uh Ichigata suit are just, he's just like, no, no, I'm saving, I'm just resetting them, I'm taking the corruption out, stop killing them. Like, he never says it, but it's there in the performance. Yeah, no, it's, the, the suit acting is great, the acting is great, the writing is great, just pretty much every level of this movie just did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, speaking of suit acting, I'm, I was just about to make a thing, but I need to double check because I am pretty sure that uh, Ichigata was played by Takai Wasaji. But I need... I am... I am... I am positive of that. That is... Because I, I, I watched this with my friend and we talked about... Because Taka- yes. Takai Wasaji is... Yes. Because he, he's someone else in the main show. Well, let's double check. I know, I'm pretty sure he does have a thing he's doing there, but... He is he is oh, one he's of Hirobi. the writers. Hirobi, that's it. Because we, yeah, we were talking about... Of course about, he's Hirobi. Um, he's got those... He's got those controlled got moves. movements. Oh. And we were, we were kind of talking about the, the reflection of... Zero One and Ichigata and Zero One and Hirobi, um, and oh, kind yeah. of how that was foreshadowing itself. Actually, yeah, good catch. Um, I can't take the credit for that one. That is my friend. Uh, he brought that up to me. Good catch on you. Because I didn't know who I 
I did not know who was in Ichigata before watching the movie because I didn't look anything I was up. I was pretty sure it was Takaiwa Seiji, and I, I was pretty sure we'd, I'd looked it up before, but I forgot to put it in my notes, so I don't trust my brain. Uh, but yeah, of course it'd be him, because he's got to fight the previous generation. It's yeah. right there. And he's he's got to show the previous generation that the next generation is gonna be okay. And so, of course, they gotta have the the new suit actor show the old suit actor on top of, okay, the new guy has to fight subtextual Rider One, and he this kid has to fight his dad. That is like three levels of multi-generational, like, no, old dudes, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna do it right. Which is just, that's brilliant. I love Zero One. I love Zero One so much. It, yeah. Because well, it's... Okay. I'm, I'm gonna try not to be too terribly aggro about uh, argumentative styles and, and things that I've seen online and tried to fight with online because sometimes you want to get in a fight on the internet even though it's the dumbest thing and like five minutes later I want to die. But um, like... It, it was, it's the, the thing where it's like, hey, it's just a show to sell toys. You don't have to think so deep about it. And, like, look how deep they're clearly thinking about it where they're making it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, like, I feel like that's the division between a good writer and not as good writer. Or rather, a writer we don't care for as much. How about that? Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's recently... Uh, Taka of Kotetsu Toys, he had posted a video um, about the producer change in Hebe. Oh, I haven't watched that one uh, yet. The okay. producer change. Uh, it's really interesting. Um, and he kind of brings up that a lot of people, um, I guess within the Japanese famine, because that's what Taka's familiar with, criticized the changes based around the new producer only caring about money um, and the show making money. And how he, he kind of didn't think that was the case. And I'm like, even if that is the case, that's the producer's job. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's what he's supposed to be yeah, doing. The, the job of the producer is to take take the, 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 the big, airy, abstract dreams of the writer and the, the massive ambitions of the director, you know, in an ideal world, and say, okay, we can do this much because like on on a pure production level when it comes to hibiki i like on a pure money level i get it because shigenori takadera that dude wanted to go out into some expensive filming locations every week like it's it's a it's like two million dollars oh for every week and that's just not the kind of money this you know they want to give to common rider and since he couldn't sell the toys and didn't want to scale things back, no. <laughs> That's not a thing. Yeah, and it's and it's I really I don't blame Shirakura for, you know, once he was given the reins, he did dial that back. He really kind of changed the pacing and I like the second half of PvP. I do. I'm one of those people who will say, you know, watch the second half, decide for yourself. I don't like what they did with Akira, but I think the Asumu stuff was fine. 
And I feel like Zonki and Todoroki were basically untouched by the production changes. It it felt exactly the same to me. But it they didn't their story didn't seem to change where even though I like Asamu's, I'm like, yes, this is there are changes being made here. This was not the original plan. But like it's it's Shirakura's job to make money on this show. What would be a problem is if he was holding the creative vision of the show back, which I don't think he was. And I'm like, I feel like he and Inoue kind of had to take all the arrows to the back because the show was going to change one way or another and they just did the best they could with it. And no matter how good it was, I feel like they would have gotten this reaction one way or another. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it was it was going to be a different thing. And honestly, okay. Look, I have not watched the second half. I, I don't ever plan to because I really, really connected with the first 29 episodes of Hibiki. I'm, I'm casting no judgments. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, like, look, if you... Like, my, my thing is, make your own yeah, choice. Yeah, exactly. And you've made your choice, and I respect that. And I'm not going to tell you, you have to watch the second half of Hibiki. It's not that mind-blowing no, but it's... that the second half of Hibiki is going to change your life. I just think it's still yeah, good. and I have, I have no reason to believe or disbelieve you. I have, I have some people I know who, who don't care for it. I've, I've heard to it referred to as the Hibiki screw job. And I feel like that's a little hyperbolic, but at the same time, I get it because it's, you know, clearly there was some, a crew that had a vision for this thing and then new people came on and they had a different vision for the thing. And like, of course they did. Of course they did. That's why you hire a new guy. <laughs> like, new writers, new directors, they they come with their own experiences. Of course, they're going to have different ideas. And that's... Yeah. But it's... I don't think that necessarily... Kind of bringing this back to our original point, um, the fact that there is someone on the show to make sure the show makes money is necessarily a bad thing, because all the people on these shows gotta get paid. But... You can do that without taking the creative vision out of the show. And I don't feel like Shirakura took the creative vision out of Hibiki. I don't feel like everyone working on this movie tried to take the creative vision out of this movie or out of Zero One. Um, and I mean, like, look, the producer on Zero One is Omori. And he's the only Toei producer. It's just him. And we are pretty vocal about generally not being huge fans of that dude as a people. No, we're not. I'm especially not. And I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that we have literally all new producers from TV Asahi. Um, after that video by Taka, I sat down and am like 90% of the way through a spreadsheet of all of the main production members on every Heisei Kamen Rider through to Zero One. Uh, so I'm sitting here with this list of names in front of me, and I can see who's been here before and who hasn't. And I don't know if it's just the fact that 
the two, I assume ladies, because they both have names that I think are more yeah, feminine. Yeah, that's the impression um, I got. From TV Asahi, especially because I think one of them was a former Sentai villainess. Um, I don't know if it's the fact that they're suddenly on this show and have not previously been on these. Uh, they're the only names that are 100% new. So they're the only big shakeup within, uh, you know, the the common Rider hierarchy of production. <clears throat> but, you know, I just... Even Omori's... Omori outright... And, you know, we, we've had our criticisms of Omori, but Omori is one of the people who came out and said, Naki is a gender. Yep. Naki has no gender. And I'm just like... Look, I gotta give him that much. son, that's growth. Like, I don't know if, you know, maybe he's kind of regretted some things he said and has been working on, you know, kind of changing his perspectives. But look, I I can give credit where credit is due if someone is seems to be learning and yeah, growing I mean, and trying to make themselves better, especially in those yeah, regards. And look, even if it's, if it's like, um, uh, one of those things where, like, in, in a recent Supreme Court decision... Uh, that that basically said that yeah discrimination against uh, members of the LGBTQ community is just no you can't do that anymore like on a federal level overall constitutionally guess what this is not a thing you can do anymore one of the people was one of the conservative justices and look I'm not I don't think that that means that guy is suddenly going to be going my way in a lot of ways. But in this instance, he was cool. You know, he had his principles of, I believe in the letter of the law, and the letter of this law essentially is, if you do that, that is discrimination based upon sex, uh, based upon gender, and you can't do that. And I'm like, hey... I may not agree, but I I respect that you have principles and stick to them. Um, and I don't know, you know, where this falls within Omori's principles or what, but... But he made the right call. He's at least... He made the right call. I don't know if it's, you know, because the actor who plays Naki is also non-binary um, and is very open about, about being non-binary and about, um, you know, LGBT issues. I don't know. I, there's a lot of context I don't have. All I know is progress seems to be being made as far as Zero One yes. goes. Oh, also, I don't know if we'd, if we'd celebrated it uh, on the show proper. I know, I think we talked about it a little on the Twitter, you and I. Um, but the, the person who plays, uh, is it Onore? Onore? Yes. Yeah, on, uh, on, back on Ghost, also... they're... They're non-binary too. Yes, um, they are. I I follow him still. He actually he lives in New York as a model now, which is wild to me. And it, they're so it is absolutely hot. buck wild. But they also have a YouTube channel and they talk about this stuff. And he they uh, sorry it's getting out of the habit. Working on it. I I'm a very habitual creature, but I'm working on it doing my best you know they they talked about it they came out this way and i'm like man all all my favorite i believe that Ankh's actor uh ryosuke miura has also come out as non-binary. oh yeah 
I I don't know if what pronouns uh, Rion prefers, but I feel like they also at some point uh, came out as non-binary. Sick! Right on! Uh, if someone would like to source that, that would be great. Um, also, speaking of things that we've talked about yes. and people coming to me to answer questions that I've asked to be answered. Oh. Uh, someone did come to me about Xeranos and why he has the cow motif. Okay, cool. Uh, because we di- I, we discussed that during our uh, suit rankings, how we just didn't grasp that. Um, we do both know that Yudo and Irie are based upon uh, the Tanabata myth. Yes. Which is all uh, involved with that. The, the man in that myth is a cow herder. Oh, of course. Okay. Um, somehow, regardless of the fact that I've read this myth before, that part just never stuck in my brain. So I the disconnect, like, I just never got over that disconnect. Uh, let me just look quickly. So I'm a, yeah, because I'm always thinking more about, like, oh, they're, they're sending the message, and that's the... the star that's sort of drifting back and forth between them during the year and fight oh i know I, I always i want to say i say always forget but like i've only looked at the myth a handful of times because i'm just like ah oh, you know they're they're star-crossed lovers they've been separated oh they... yeah the the actual detail of him being a cow herder completely escaped me um it was anglemeister on twitter Thank you, Anglemeister. Uh, who came to me and and kind of laid that all out for me. So thank you for clearing that up. Uh, I will try to retain that knowledge now. Yeah. Um, so thank you for answering that question that I asked to have answered. Actually, that that I, yeah. Sorry, I'm just like the moment the moment you say cowherd, it's like oh right, click 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 click. <laughs> yeah, everything falls into place. Um. What was the question I was now saying I would like to have answered? I don't know. Oh, if, um, if Rion oh, has right, come yeah, out as non-binary, yeah. um, and what he or they prefer at this point, um, because I do not have those sources, I'm pretty sure that several people do, uh, because I know a lot of people are still a very big fan. Um, so, you know. Pass that info on to me if you have it. Yes, please. And I will, you know, issue an editorial correction. Because, you know, sometimes we get things wrong. And uh, we're, we're always very happy to correct ourselves when we do. Because... Yes, I... Again, I... I like facts and data. I have a really bad memory, but I like facts <laughs> and data. Which is why I made this whole spreadsheet. Which is... Awesome. Because I like data that's easy to access. Yeah, and you know, you can sort through it and cross-check it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, so do we have any any other final thoughts? Because otherwise I can tell we're, we're starting to get a little tangenty. Yeah, um, no, just the movie was real good. Uh, as of next week, we should be back to our regular coverage. Oh, nice. Probably right now, as I'm speaking... Everything has finished airing for the week. Sweet! Um, Kira Major has come back fully. Zero One is coming back with like 35.5. We're getting a .5 episode between whatever the last episode was and the, the proper numbering. 
Cool. Um, it is new footage. It's not more clip shows. Uh, it is new film footage. I don't know exactly what it is. My assumption is just we left off at a really high tension point in Zero One and they want to ease us back in. That's my guess. Or help build uh, it right Cure back Major, up, because... Yeah, uh, but Cure Major has restarted properly. Uh, we will be going back in with Zero One. That's where we left off. Uh, so that's what we have an episode in the wings for along with this new episode and you know we'll as we will be back to our normal coverage so we'll be back to finishing up zero one and getting in on kira major and we are hype i am so excited i hope that they're taking all of the safest precautions i know that there are still some restrictions so that it's they're on very small uh very lightly populated sets. I would hope so, yeah. Um, I mean... I feel... So, I'm curious to see how these next handful of episodes will be, mm. but I trust them. Uh, I feel like Zero One is in a place where they can very easily get away with not having a lot of people around, and Kira Major is early enough on that they don't need a lot of people around. I just, yeah, want everyone to, to be safe. Yeah, so that's that's really the biggest hope, but I am excited that we're getting back into things and we'll be back with our, our regular coverage as of next Excellent. week. Excellent. Well then, uh, for all of us here at Rider Jump and the rest of the Tool Network, I'm Aleph. And I'm Sonic. And don't get kicked by a horse and die. Also, wear your mask when you go out. <laughs>